Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, fellow humans. Welcome to the Hot Mess Clubhouse, a podcast that celebrates funny women. I'm your sexy host, Lucy Vine, and today I welcome the incredible comedian and actor Andy Osho as my guest. I love this woman so goddamn much. You might remember her from her stand-up and the many, many Channel 4 comedy panel shows she's done over the years, but more recently she's been getting all big time in Hollywood, appearing in the superhero film Shazam and starring in apocalyptic Sky series Curfew. And more importantly, she recently killed it on a celebrity version of The Chase, all of which we talk about in this episode. We also get very silly about being a bad loser and giving driving instructors blowjobs and, you know, being in a fight that wasn't her fault. We also couldn't stop singing My Heart Will Go On from Titanic, so hopefully my producer has cut most of that. Sorry about it. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the clubhouse, the Hot Mess Clubhouse. Yes, hi. Um, are you a club kind of person? Is you mean a... as in like a nightclub? No, or... I meant more of a sort of, yeah, like clique. Do you love to join a club? Oh, yeah. No, I'm the opposite of Groucho Marx. I'm like, I want in. It's <laughs> <laughs> not allowed. Yeah, I just want to feel valid. <laughs> Great. Um, so to start with, we're going to do a kind of um, clubhouse initiation get to know you quick fire love about. it okay but there's no quickness uh, actually required okay you so can I can take my time on this quick fire yeah, round put full stops between every single word great okay you ready I will <laughs> okay excellent uh, number one are you a good loser ooh like for a microsecond no terrible okay. and then I remind myself of how ugly that looks and so I'm like oh well done you <laughs> yeah I'm awesome I'm perfectly happy yeah for I'm you. so pleased for you yeah. yeah amazing do you kiss on one cheek or two or none um no what I do is I sort of do an awkward leaning oh we're not ki- handshake hug yeah I make it oh so it's all three I make it as awkward as possible oh, that's really good have yeah. you ever gone for a high five um miss. I've been left hanging a couple oh, of times bad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but someone showed me how to do a good high five is it the elbow thing? It's the elbow thing. It works every time. Right. Okay, should we try it? Yeah. Okay. That was such a good high five. That's like an That'd American high five. That would be a really annoying five. sound. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, well, but that was exciting. Shit. <laughs> so good at this. We're smashing that place up. Shit. Um, because you do actually live in America, or are you over here again now? A little bit of both. Depends okay. who's asking. US immigration or UK immigration? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> okay. So. Sweet. I live, uh, yeah, I live a little, actually I do live a little bit of both. Oh, great. That yeah. sounds like the perfect way to... 
to exist. Well, it was it was it was actually quite challenging to figure it all out like oh, to yeah. start with and and then I just got into this rhythm with it of I think the first year that I was there I came home to London uh, but I didn't know why I was here oh, so okay. I just felt like I should yeah. and uh, and then I was sort of twiddling my thumbs for six weeks waiting to go back so I realized oh you don't need to come back unless there's something going on. Do you know right. what I mean? Unless there's work or something. So, sure. Yeah. yeah, that made it easier. Yeah, but London is still home for you, right? Oh You've yeah. You've gone completely off piece. Sorry. So that, oh. that was leading on from one kiss or two. Oh yes, yes, right. No, anyway. I'll, I'll make it Great. awkward. Um, <laughs> do you worry about death? Um, I it's not so much death because it's like you're dead. But I what I worry about is the leading up to it bit you know like I suddenly I feel like oh my god all these years have gone by and oh next I'll be 50 then 60 then that's dead you know and and so I my mind does that sometimes and it's terrifying because that you just right. think there's so many things I want to do and then oh you know I haven't been to Belgium and uh, I don't know uh, and so you know the only place you haven't been. that's literally the only country in the world gotcha yeah that I haven't been to apart from the others but yeah Belgium all the other places yeah excellent do you um ever drunk order stuff online um <laughs> when don't i drunk order stuff um, sure. actually, i mean you're a I, human being to be honest i don't i'm one of those sort of nerds who's sort of really meticulous about ordering mm. like i'll do research i'll actually re read reviews so thanks guys for anyone that writes them oh, um yeah no i and i'll i'll do a proper like filter you know four or five stars rated on amazon or whichever platform you think is politically the right one to use. Sure, yeah. You know, and I'll, so I, no drinking. Okay. That oh. is a sober affair. Spoil sport. I know, right? I have so many um, leopard print things in my wardrobe. <laughs> right, and that's why, that's why I don't drink order online. Yeah, oh, so smart. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> have you ever updated your relationship status on Facebook? Never. Not oh. even back in like 2005 when everybody was doing it. No, I don't think I did. I think it's just been complicated for the last 15 years. <laughs> I think I, maybe Which I just is left everybody, it. surely. Yeah, yes, <laughs> frankly. It's the only accurate relationship status. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Oh, that's good. Um, do mm. you secretly enjoy other people's drama? From a distance, I don't want. I don't want to be involved in any yeah. way. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, I do like looking on Facebook. And you know, when someone's like really like um, mysterious about something, like they say something's up, but they want something. Such a bad day, right? I'm like, I want to know. How can I look caring? But find out what the hell's going this on. This person I haven't spoken to in 25 years. Right, exactly. Oh, hon, you okay? Call me anytime. You know that type of thing. This is so then they always nice. reply, and they're like. I can't really talk about it. And you're like, why did you yeah. put it? Yeah, or they go, it's fine. It, no, it's actually fine. And you're like, well, why did you put it on? You know, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, people's drama is great. It's interesting, isn't it? Totally. As long as you don't get sucked in. That's the, mm. that's the line, isn't mm. it? Have you done any research into your family tree? Um, I have a little bit, but, you know... <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, Nigerians aren't the greatest for documenting no. births and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and just like keeping track of people. Sure. So I remember like, yeah, just doing a family tree with my mum and she's like, there's just loads of branches with a branch sticking off it and no name or I can't remember, maybe they're dead or something. So yeah. Just it, make it up then. I think I might do. Um, have you ever been in a fight? Yeah, one time at school and it wasn't my fault. Because what happened, right? You was, just started talking like a teenager. Yeah, but because like, what it happened? Wasn't my fault, right? It wasn't my fault because basically she said something, and I went to hit her, but I happened to have my book in my hand, so I ended up slapping her around the face with my book, not meaning to. Wow, she lost it. 
<laughs> I meant to get pulled apart by It kind of sounds like it was really your fault. No, because she you said a thing. You started the violence. No, but she said a thing. And even though I Do can't remember, remember what, what the thing is, it was very inflammatory. I bet. And it was I enough bet. to make me want to hit her. So, and I did. Donna Hyde, remember that? Um, she's so, she, she, yeah, she's arranged this whole thing. Come out, Donna. <laughs> I would hit her again. No, I wouldn't. I love you, Donna. I miss you. <laughs> Just in genuine. Uh, and then finally, if you had to be a Disney character, who would you be? Oh. Well, I think I'd probably be a lion the way that Disney treat black people. But I mean, I don't know if there's actually been a has Disney ever done a black character, like a human being? Wasn't um the Princess and the Frog, wasn't she the lead? And that's definitely a Disney one, is it? Yeah. Princess and the Frog. When did that come out? Two thousand nine. Huh. They haven't done anything since. Right. Well, Moana and stuff is a bit more, you But she's know, brown. Trying she's not... to be... No, yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree with you. I'd be a lion, let's face it. I'd be a lion or a hyena. Oh, that's <laughs> Thanks, sad. Disney. But you have now survived that initiation, and so, as a well done and welcome to the club... Oh, yes. You've got a little goodie there. <gasps> what? Shut up. I don't know, you probably think it's too early. It's two o'clock on a Monday to be drinking from the... Cans, Drinking a, a can of beans. It is actually sunny for once in the UK. Oh my God, look at this. A gin and tonic. Babes, right? they're cold. How? I just I mean, got them from Tesco. This is the classiest <laughs> club I've ever been in. It's the best. Yeah, man. It's because you've never been welcome in another club. <laughs> that's right, that's actually what it is. And my favourite thing ever, fruit pastels. I mean, I live for them. Oh, so you're not really a chocolate person? More of the sort of oh, sweets in there? What have we here? Let's see. What have we got here? Let's see. Grab a handful because yeah. you've been very generous here. Munchies, never had munchies. What? Peppermint Aero, never had. Dairy Giant Buttons. Now, I reckon I could do some damage there. You are clearly not a chocolate person. No, I'm not. Like Kit Kat Chunky, I think I've, I've had made a mistake. One once. Well, did I do well with the booze at least? Yeah, yeah, you did well. Yeah. <laughs> Girl done great. good. Oh, great. Okay, well, we can just chuck the rest <laughs> in, a, in a bin. The thing is with me and chocolate, you're not going to like this, Uh-oh. but I, again, can I will eat one bit and then off into the fridge you go. What is wrong with you? I know. I'm you're an animal. Such a monster. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't understand it myself, actually. They'll probably make Channel 5 documentaries about me yeah, <laughs> when chocolate eaters go wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She'll probably hold me in her arms. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. It's not her fault. David Lammy went off the deep end. Oh, I do love David Lammy. Yeah. No, me too, but I just... Anyway, this is not it, what this is about, is it? Yeah. So I do want to talk to you about your acting. Mm. Because I think... I, I kind of think of you mostly as an actor now. Or is, mm. do you is that fair yes yeah yes <laughs> you have this film coming out called Shazam which looks amazing yeah how did that come about was it fun to do tell me about it um well uh so what happened is I was in a film called Lights Out right and the same director who is who's done incredibly well very talented director anywho he got offered uh, to direct Shazam and then he kind of wanted to tie his film Lights Out, which is based on a short film he, he had um, written and created. He wanted to tie his film to the DC universe. Right. And there was this, you know, child protective services role. And that was the role that was in Lights Out as well. So he was like, ah, this could be a perfect opportunity if I get the same actor to do 
you know, to yeah, to be in Shazam, do, doing that role. So, so basically, I'm I'm sort of I'm a bridge between two worlds. Oh my god, you are actually completely key then. In a way, it should be called um, Mrs. Glover, which is the name of my character. It shouldn't really be called Shazam. We'll because, start a campaign. Yeah, even though I am in just the one scene, I still think it's a pivotal one. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I was delighted when I got the message from my agent and. Uh, you know, because you don't expect... I'm not in that world where people just offer me roles, you know. So to, to then get offered something, you know, as massive as this, I was just like... Well, you're clearly uh, moving into that world now. You've well, done your time. You've earned your stripes. I, I, I get offered weird things. Right. I don't, I'm not yet at the point where, you know, hey, we've got like a BBC drama with what's-his-chops of Game of Thrones. You know, I'm not quite <laughs> there yet. But, you know, it, I, I mean, I'm just like, you know, dead grateful to end up in something like that. And And... You know what's really nice about it? Because I'm not a massive superhero films fan, but I love Black Panther, which is um, amazing. Yeah, it's Marvel. But, you know, that was really great. And so that started turning me towards them again because they're starting to get, you know, there's um, sort of a politics to them now that's, like, really interesting. And if it's got something about it that makes it interesting, then people who aren't sort of fans of those types of films can still get into it. And, uh, and by all accounts... Humor yeah, as well. Now, well, that's it. so great. That's what I was going to say. And, you know, Shazam, I don't think it's political, but my God, does it have a lot of heart and, you know, like humour in it. So that makes me just go, oh, I'm like super proud to be involved. You're um, also in this amazing sky uh, sky drama. Oh, curfew. yes, Curfew, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you love an apocalyptic? Do you, in fact, do you want to tell listeners? Um, <laughs> so Curfew is about an illegal street race and a sort of, adjacent London, uh, like a, a present day but adjacent London, where there's this totalitarian government all through the UK that has an instituted this like curfew because of this virus that has created these creatures that are kind of flesh-eating, rabid mm, zombies, I suppose, for want of a better word. And uh, yeah, so the curfew is about basically several groups of individuals who enter this race for various reasons and uh yeah it just follows the story over one night uh from the beginning uh to the end of the race with a little bit of you know flashbacking to their backstories and why they found themselves in this situation have you always been a fan of the sort of apocalyptic oh, sort of <clears throat> stuff very much that's totally my work like yeah, the walking too. dead was my thing for a long time and uh yeah just anything sort of high concept that sort of you know is just presents a different version of like it's a presents a like what if yeah definitely what, what if there were flesh eating zombies or yeah. what if there was this massive dome over you know a city or what you think it's more of a when yeah how long do you think the human race has before we turn before extinction or before we turn into monsters of some kind well I don't think any of us are going to be around and I think we all know that that's why we haven't taken recycling seriously <laughs> Because those are my favourite kind of apocalyptic things is when it really reveals how terrible the human race really is. Well, that's what's great about The Walking Dead, isn't it? Because totally. you see, I mean... Totally it is later and all that. People it's adopt, like, adapt, should I say, adopt. They, people... <laughs> I just love adopting. Yeah, I've just got so many to die. Yeah, I just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't want them to be out on the streets on their own. But, like, people adapt in these shows. I don't know if that's how it would really be, probably. But people adapt to these things in a really strange way. And that's what's terrifying about these shows, is when you see that somebody has created, like, a Negan creating the, the saviours and things like that. It's just like... God, that's scary because that probably is part of the human condition to uh, adapt to a situation like that and become, 
you know, you know, a me, you know, the me mentality override any sense of we. Do you know what I mean? Right. God, he's scary, oh, handsome, intense. scary. And it, that is another um, show that has huge, amazing cast. Have you spent much time with Billy Zane? Have you chatted to him about Titanic yet? <laughs> <laughs> I bet I feel all like he wants to talk about is Titanic. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm sure no one ever brings it up. I felt like it was my duty not to talk about Titanic. Sure. Like there was one point where um, there was an extra who was, um, you know, him and Billy were talking and then the extra started doing uh, a painting or drawing of Billy. Because Billy, you know... Naked, he's a, like French girl. Well, that's it. Then Rose Sorry, Williams goes... She goes, yeah, she goes, she goes, draw me like one of your French girls. And I was just like, how... Like, he's never... Heard, and he's an artist as well. Of so a Constant course, joke. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're Billy Zane and you're drawing somebody, how many times... Are people going to say, draw me like one of your French girls? Smirk at all? I'm a sort of patronizing laugh. Lucy, I transported myself emotionally to another place. I I wasn't looking. I didn't want to engage because I didn't know. Because you never know. You weren't tempted, like on the last day of filming, to just start singing My Heart Will Go On. I was. I'm not tempted, gonna, but you I was tempted, but I didn't. Because you're a professional. I have, more, well, I have more respect for Billy Zane than that. Sure. Damn it. <laughs> Just sing it through the trailer walls. Yeah. <laughs> and then run away. Yeah, who was that? that? That's so annoying. Show some respect to Billy. I hear you. I see. <laughs> Can you actually drive well? Um, uh, my character doesn't get to drive at all. So oh, yeah. I was quite disappointed, actually, because oh. some of the cast do proper stunt driving. I was, like, really impressed. But, you know, my character, Jenny, she's just, like, panicking and <laughs> not... Yeah, exactly, basically. So I'm not a bad driver. Obviously, I think I'm excellent. You can actually drive, though. I can drive. My mum yeah. says a prayer before we... That's not a good anyway. sign. Yeah, I sort of took offence. Yeah, you like, should. the first time I know, because she says it quietly. So you're just... Um, hands on the wheel, and you, all you can do is... <laughs> like that beside me and I was just like I just, you're praying <laughs> while I'm driving that's sort, sort of actually very distracting as well well a it? little bit and then uh, you did crash and yeah I mean that that uh, don't want to spoil the story but uh, we survived the crash um, no but it is a little bit disconcerting and uh, but she uh, she does it all the time did you pass your driving test in one go no no, I think it was it was either two or three. I think it was the second time. Okay. And I clipped a wing mirror, but he was kind of... What? He, he and you passed? Yeah, man. Did you give him a blowjob? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Got a driving license. Still counts. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, he just he was just very sweet. And I think it was the same... How can you cause car accidents? It wasn't an accident. Your... Lucy, let's not exaggerate. How many billions of times have I told you about exaggerating? <laughs> it wasn't a car accident. It was, yeah, it was... It was it was a uh, an involuntary nudge. Let's call it that. An involuntary brush with another vehicle. You seem to mostly do um, serious runs. Mm, um, oh my god, I really love Kiri, by the way. That's oh wow, the one cool. I was going to mention. Oh, amazing. Um, it, was that a deliberate thing, or is it just that? Because I imagine nothing I do is on purpose. <laughs> you know, it, it, you make it sound like <laughs> I've sort of like you know got this game Grand plan. plan. Or it's not on purpose at all. Right. It's I mean, obviously there are things that I know that I do want and things that I turn down. But with Kiri, I I didn't even when it came up, I didn't 
know anything about it. And then I I didn't really think I was going to get the role because they said it was a step grandmother, and I didn't really pay yeah. attention to the step bit. So I was like, I'm way too young for that. No, I'm one's so gonna... young. I'm, I'm so I'm just so young and gorgeous. I I could never be a grandmother. And so and so I hadn't learned the lines. My friend came over to help me help me do the self tape. I was all grumpy and I sort of didn't know the lines. I was like blah, 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 throwing the script on the floor and sort of looking. You know, I just didn't do a. I mean, I did a good job on tape, but I was moaning in between every single take. And then um, yeah behold just that talented it, it i'm just that awesome even when yeah. i'm really super shit i'm still amazing <laughs> i think maybe they well i mean i i know not to let my grumbling infect <laughs> the uh the performance but like uh but if yeah. you miss that step part where you're a bit pissed off with your agent where you're like you'll put me forward for grandma roles well it's not that i missed it <laughs> okay. but i wasn't i just thought that even though it said step-grandmother there was no way that they would think of me for something like that there's no way you see that person who's done live with the Apollo and go "Mm, step-grandmother that's what I immediately think of when I see a woman in a sequin dress on live at the Apollo (laughs) but I am I I am an actor as well as other things that I have done and can do but you know sometimes people's perception of you can get in the way of and 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 I get it I I don't sort of you know I don't grudge the industry that but yeah so you do think you had to sort of struggle to prove yourself a bit it's not so much that I just think people didn't think that that's what I was about you know they just see me do a lot of comedy and so uh, and I hadn't really pursued acting in any real sense after stand-up took off and it was only when I went to America and I started like really focusing on what do I really want and I and I and I've said this before that basically I found the comedy industry a little bit jading after a while the industry not the stand-up and and so I just thought let me take myself away have a little break think about what I really want and got some amazing coaching like acting training out there as well and I think that that's all that whole experience and the stand-up has served me well to be able to do roles like curfew and shazam and things like that so I don't know what that's called but that's what happened that that is something I did plan that's brilliant. And you have had such a diverse and interesting career, but I really, really want to talk to you about The Chase. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about I The Chase. I super don't care about any of those amazing oh, roles. That's so good. No, please. The Chase was so amazing. Oh, cool. I was so blown Thank away you. by it. Um, you, is everyone just making you be on their pub? quiz team now I wish. No one's asked and it's weirding what? me out. No, I, I mean, I, I, I have to say... As much, I don't want to take anything away from anyone that just does well on these things, but we all know that the questions are easier on charity episodes, right? Like you don't get asked I like didn't know loads super. Of the ones no, I didn't either. But like, <laughs> I mean, but, you didn't know what epilate meant, right? And I assume you're is super this, hairy. Wait, is it something to do with hair? It is something to do with hair. I said skin, didn't I? You did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm just dead good at guessing, having an educated guess. You know, that's actually what it is. And so you'll notice that when I, whenever I answer um, on the chase, I always say, like, a question. You're like, oh. I'm like, can you let uh, Queen Elizabeth II? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I don't know. I'm just having a guess. Only but for I, some of them, though. I don't think you should be downplaying your super, well, some, super some, intellect. To be fair, some of them I do. But I, I, Especially because all the other celebrities were so stupid. Oh, my God. Rambrakash, <laughs> he just wiped out like a gunner, didn't he? I mean, stick to cricket, mate. <laughs> 
Isn't he a weatherman? <laughs> no, Harrison. no, but Alex Rowe was oh. a weatherman. Yeah, but he's like he was. He did really well. He just got unlucky with a couple of questions, sure. I think. But yeah, oh, yeah. it's all right to say they got unlucky when you've done super well. No, oh, magnanimous till the end. So gracious. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I mean, it's had like because I rewatched it on YouTube yesterday, and it had it's had like a quarter of a million views. Has it now? Yeah, it might mm. be your biggest role. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like it is. As a translator to acting role offers, yeah. Wow. No, but that's that's nice. It was. I mean, I think I'm the first person to win a celebrity chase on their own. Right. And I'm the first person to win two masterminds as well, say. two charity masterminds. So that yeah. was that's pretty cool. But again, the questions are easier. They're not easy. I'm not buying that. But they're. They come on. Anyway, I was going to say Bradley Walsh seems like a laugh. Did you go and like get drunk with him or anything? Yeah, we had sex that night. It was <laughs> so awesome. I mean, talk about the chase. He's going to be on the Daily right, Mail. Yeah. Um, no, uh, he's he was very lovely. I mean, I think he's professionally lovely. I, I think, think that's, that's his. Yeah. Oh, so do you, know, do you think he's a scumbag underneath? No, no, I don't think he's that. Like he's putting it on. I just think that he's just very very good at it. Yeah, he's just just very good at being Bradley Walsh. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I actually want to ask you, because clearly you're not doing enough. You've written a book. Writing. Yay. In the process of failing to write a book. It's Where hard. are you well, in the process? I'll tell you what I think I am. Okay, good. I think I'm in the last push, but I don't think my publisher thinks I am. <laughs> we'll see what happens when she reads this draft. Okay, well, tell me, is it fiction? Yes. And what's it about? Are you allowed to say? Um, yeah, I probably not, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Um, it's basically a chick lit comedy, and it's about dating, but it's about this kind of dating game that these three girlfriends play because they're having no luck in their own love lives. So they say, okay, let instead of trying to find guys for ourselves let's find guys for each other let's go old school let's take it offline let's go into bars wherever ice skating rinks whatever and we'll go and meet guys and it all goes wrong with hilarious consequences that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I re- I really enjoy I mean, it took a minute to get the story together, but like now that I feel like I've got, um, I figured out what's great about the story and what I want to say, because there's a bit of, you know, gender politics in there, there's relationship politics as well, but it's done in a way that I hope people can enjoy and enjoy the story as well. So I don't want to be bashing anybody over the head with a, why are men like this and why do women, you know, it's, it's all got to be fun. But... I think there's really subtle ways of sliding those things in. Like, I'll make a lot of roles women where one might automatically assume that they would be a man. Like, if there's a, a you know, small role of a, a lawyer or something like that. Or I've, I've got one character on a film set and the cam- it's a camera woman, not a ca- camera man. Because I think we just default to those things. And, you know, it's our own unconscious bias that goes, oh, well, all camera operators are men. And so I just switch it up. And I think that's the next phase of um, sort of representation and diversity is just normalising 
Because that's how life is, isn't it? Like, there are some female camera operators and there are loads of female lawyers. So why is it such a big deal to cast in that way when we're writing? And, you know, as a woman of colour who's, like, going to probably be at the sharp end of those sort of decisions, you know, you... It's on me to start making, showing how straightforward it is. Or I'm taking that responsibility. I'm choosing to take that responsibility of saying, look, it's dead easy. (laughs) You can just make it a woman. Or you can make that person disabled. Shocking. It's kind of like um, have those people there because those people are there. It's like I say, like when black people are at home, we're not at home being black. We're at home being families and couples and arguing about exactly the same. It's only when we go outside that we become these things, you know, we become disabled, become black, become gay or whatever it is. And and it's frustrating when, if somebody makes a choice like that, like you're saying, that it becomes about the thing. Yeah. Like, this is not a band, this is an ad It's man. to uh, advance the storyline Exactly, way, yeah. exactly. Rather yeah. than that that librarian just happens to be a black woman. Or yeah. that, you know, do you know what I mean? So I think I'm I'm yes. rooting for that in stories. So okay. so why not lead from the front and just do that in my story? So when is this coming out? I don't know. Date? I don't know. But I'm really excited for it. Cool, thank you. Do you have a name? You. Um, at the moment it's called My Friend Fancies You. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because my agent is is guy, and he was just like, okay, when I told him the title, he's like, oh, you don't understand. And then, you didn't get it. Yeah, my publishers, two women, and they were like, yeah, that's great. Perfect. Yeah. Did you Delighted. not talk about doing a memoir? Were you interested in writing a book? No, but that's why I kind of, I've sewn in a lot of like personal anecdotes into this book. And I, I think one of the things I'm really going to enjoy uh, once it comes out is people going, um, that bit that in the, you know, is that, did that happen? Yeah, you will get that a lot. Yeah, and then there'll be bits that are just so far fetched, and luckily I'll be able to know that didn't. <laughs> I did not do that. So, uh, are you gonna come back to comedy a bit more? Yeah, I think that if you've there ever is got a, time. Yeah, and amongst all of that, I mean, there's definitely other things that I want to pursue, but I want the book to be my, uh, you know, because I just was at the tail end of the whole DVD thing of you know DVD deals and all the rest of it, and so I never, I never committed any of my stand up to you know to, to film or to tape or whatever. Right. So it, and and I was fine with that really. I mean, I got the you know the the sort of the business reason for for all that. But I do, I still would like to have a legacy. And that at the moment is the book. And maybe at some point I will do a show. I think I'd like to do a stand-up show and go back to Edinburgh and do that again. But it has to be the right thing. And I have to find something that... You know, I just want to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm a different person. You know, sometimes I want to tell people when they ask, "Oh, where are you going about stand up?" I want to say that lady died. Okay, <laughs> she died. Um, and because it's true in a way, um, yeah. is that when I look at that stuff, I I kind of almost, I obviously I recognise it, similar, but like um, <laughs> it isn't a woman that I am anymore. So, right. so if I do stand up again, it's gonna look could look different. I could say all these fancy things about how different it's going to be and people are like, she's the same. <laughs> she's just got different clothes on. <laughs> she hasn't got the street. Yeah, her legs aren't as good. Uh, but she's the same. Because <laughs> you've also done the old comedy panel shows a fair bit. Yeah, that was, that's what killed her. I was, <laughs> was going to say, because yeah. there was a lot of heat around that being a, a white male clique something. Uh-huh. But you did break into it. Uh-huh. Um, 
Was that horrible then when you were in it? Um, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. No, no. It was, you see what it is? First of all, I and it's I always say this. It's face though, isn't it? It is, it is, but I got into it, or they brought me into it, should I say, at a time when they were kind of starting to, people were starting to be quite vocal about it being fair. And so they were really sort of making an effort to make it a more um, hospitable um, environment. So by the time I got there, things were starting to change, the cast was starting to change, and it was it was terribly polite sometimes. I remember doing the, you know, when he spins the wheel and stuff, and there was a little bit of, no, after you, after you, sort of thing, and I was like, what? So, um, so I can't blame the environment. And also, you know, at the end of the day, there's seven... Yeah, seven comedians trying to get 27 minutes of airtime. So it's going to be a bit of a free-for-all. And I am grateful for the production team for bringing me in and for the opportunities that it afforded me. It's just that it's quite a brutal environment. It just is. You know, it doesn't... I don't know that that's worse if you're a woman. Only after the fact, you know, how the fans respond. But on the day, I think it's just as hard for everybody. Yeah. But like, you know, some, you know, sometimes I, I think I did okay in terms of people's responses. But I've heard some horrible things that other female comedians have had said to them. And, uh, you know, so that that can be quite, quite brutal. Like, yeah. so I know some turn off their social media that after they've been on Rock the Week. That shouldn't be necessary. That's horrible, Exactly. Yeah. So my sort of feeling about panel shows is more... It wasn't the reason I wanted to do stand-up, but it was offered and it uh, it opened up doors. And so that's why I went down that road rather than that, yes, I must get onto this show. Yeah. And I was really happy the day that I decided I didn't want to do them anymore because it's like, yay. <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, to me, stand-up is about a person with some ideas in front of an audience. Yeah. Standing up. <laughs> you know and I think the standing up is important right. and they're not being six other people sort of trying to get to the Fighting. microphone yeah, yeah so so um I don't watch panel shows anymore I don't I do you still get asked though uh when no no I, I I had one uh, a couple of approaches um recently but yeah it's just like they know not to ask because they can see I'm not doing it you you the, the comedy the industry Hollywood has a, yeah so, exactly so my heart so, will go <laughs> so um, I, you know, the comedy producers are very good at keeping an eye on who's up to what. So they would know if I came back and to know to, you know, to extend an offer if, if I was even something, someone that they would be interested in. Yeah, there was sort of a, a hot second where I thought the next sort of Me Too thing was going to hit male comedians. Right. Like, I mean, it did a little bit, like the Louis C.K. Yes, right. Was that something you were kind of following or... Um... In comedy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd heard the stuff, because obviously I was in L.A., so I'd heard the rumbles about Louis C.K., and I sort of... I loved him, loved him. And I... But I did not have any problem with just bringing down the drawbridge on that one, mm. because especially his apology or an oh. attempt at an apology. So, so I had no worries about that. Maybe I didn't love him as much as I thought. But um, <laughs> yeah, but but I personally, my own experience is um, not too bad actually. There, there there was one comedian who, in fact, there's a few from what I gather from other women, is that who make sort of rape jokes about fellow comedians like they're essentially rape jokes that sort of thing I think male comedians are starting to learn that that's actually not cool anymore yeah. there, there was a time when probably the female comedians 
you know, because of the paradigm we were in, might have laughed along with it, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I, don't th- I think we also, not only will we not laugh along with it, but we, I, I think we feel empowered to, yeah, call them out about it because, because, because before the audience would have been sort of conditioned to find that funny. Yeah. Even if they didn't in their spirit, even if they really felt that uncomfortable, some, yeah. yeah, that something was wrong there, they would sort of almost as a reflex laugh along with it. But as now, I think that people are really having to be accountable for what they're saying, which is which is great. And I and know I think for a long time, women as well. I mean, I certainly felt this way for a long time that you didn't want to be the killjoy. Well, that's it, exactly. And I don't feel that way anymore. I don't care about being a killjoy. Yeah, exactly. I will cut your knob off. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Bobbitt. Um, yeah. I think that what's happened maybe now is that women are starting to work together, whereas before maybe the whistleblower might be like, okay, sister, she did, you know, like, so So now I think there's, yeah, probably more camaraderie, more explicitly expressed camaraderie, mm. yeah. Well, so, yeah, on the comedy note and the book note, um, you've talked on stage a lot about dating. Mm. Are you dating at the moment? No. Oh. I mean, thanks for bringing it up. Um, <laughs> no, I, I haven't so. for a while. and It's, it's horrible. Is it horrible? I hate dating. Oh, do you? Oh, I thought yeah. you meant not dating. Oh, no, I was like, yeah. no. You're, I, you're awful for not dating. I'm kind of, I'm fine I'm with it. very anti-dating. Are you? Have you done, the, you've done the dating apps and stuff though? I've done the dating apps. I actually what did them quite recently. was your self-loathing app of choice? It was, uh, it was a bumble. Um, I, went, I went down the Bumble Road. I thought that that one would be better, but it's not. It's not. It's as bad as all the <laughs> others. Uh, what was weird about it was how often people would chat or match with you, and then you would, like, you know, send them a message, nothing. <laughs> just tumbleweed. And you're like, what? why did you... Just unmatch. Like, let... I, I think probably because I like efficiency. So if I'm yeah. looking at a list of people, I want to know that I can have a conversation with them, yeah. rather than that I'm just going to go, is anybody out there? And they're not going to... Well, I think the, the problem is that you're looking at it from a perspective of you have carefully selected a person, whereas from what I've seen of men on dating apps, they go, oh, swipe, 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 until they get a match. Right. Yeah, and then they sort of assess whether they're interested. I mean, I haven't carefully, but I have made a choice. I'm you spent an like... hour and a half per profile. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But, but as a person who has got a profile, mm. have you, has that? Kind of, do people ever go? Oh, it's you. Sort of thing. No, I've never had any sense that people have. Because the thing is, is just because you're using just vagina pictures. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. That's the most attractive part of me. May I say? I've been told that. Yeah. Um. So no. It. The thing is, is if you're not, if you don't watch comedy and you didn't happen to watch Kiri and Curfew, it's very easy to miss me. So like, you, <laughs> I don't agree. I uh, well, okay. My evidence is basically how many people come up to me and go, oh my God, you're Andy Osher, can I have a picture? As opposed to people going, oh my God, excuse me, do you know where the newest Tesco is? <laughs> the last thing happens a lot more than the first. So that's how I judge. <laughs> there was a point when I was doing the panel shows, for sure, where you know I would get people coming up to me quite a bit. And that was really fun. And I, I really like meeting people who've enjoyed enjoyed my work and the shows and stuff like that. But nowadays, I can, I'm very, like, people don't. And it, that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Because you can just kind of get on with your life. Fair enough. Thank you so much for joining What's me today, What's that question? Andy. Ask this one question, um, whatever Did you is. like being a kid? Like, how were your teen years? No, I, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> My <laughs> childhood was so awful. <laughs> for joining me today, Andy. And thank you everyone out there for listening. Please rate and subscribe if you have a minute. Bye! Bye!
Thank you for listening, you lovely legends. Next week on the podcast, we have the ridiculously funny Maisie Adam. Don't call her Maisie Adams. Please do join us for the fun. Bye! You just stay I'll in there. I've sent a group email. <laughs> <laughs> I've sent a message to the WhatsApp group. I will get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.